I believe that in a church that I pastored, uh, I believe we started the service off with that song. More than any other uh, song. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In the words of Bishop Daniel White, Jr., I mean that thing. And... Also, get that. That's what he used to say. And he was dead earnest about something. He said he would say, I, I, I mean that thing. Just like that. And to family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. I embrace them all, and uh, and I love them all, and I want the best for them all. So I will tell the truth to them all about themselves, and uh, to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial family and evangelistic service. All of that is included. And uh, in the service, and God just he put it in my heart to do the service. Uh, uh, you, you know that it wasn't me because humanly speaking, I, I, I mean, my mind was that people would not sit just to hear the reading of the word. But God has shown me people, there, there are some saints left who still love the simple reading of the word of God and they still love the simple gospel. And I have some young people in my family, my, my children, who still love the Lord and who still love the simple gospel and the simple reading of the word of God and they helped me to do it. Uh, earlier today, I asked my baby daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, I have the, uh, I re report to her about the tracks I pass out, gospel tracks I pass out. Uh, and I asked her, uh, was anybody else passing out tracks beside her? So I, we, we have to report to Danielle uh, Elizabeth Breelove White because she was faithful and still is faithful uh, in reminding 
me and the family to pass out gospel tracts, gospel pamphlets. And she does it herself. And she, a very brave young, young lady. Um, and so, my beloved, the standing between the living and the dead service family members. My name is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 635, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true non-fiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. in the present and in the future. If you will, God did not leave us hanging. God has totally uh, informed us of what has happened in the past, what's happening right now, and what will happen in the future. Uh, no man and no woman will have an excuse when they stand before God. And I heard a preacher the other day that I love and respect. He's kind of crazy like me, but uh, I, I, uh, I heard him say the other day, and he, he normally, he's not going to say this if he did not check it out and research it real good. He's one of those, uh, uh, he's one of those pastors. He said, people who have not heard the gospel, and he said it this way, will not see heaven. Did you hear me? Did you hear him? Now, I'm going to dig into that a little bit deeper with my dear brother. I know he's getting serious now because he has a beard. He looks like a man now. He's a pastor of one of my favorite churches now. It was one of my favorite churches. I don't know what he did with it. but They've had some problems since Lon Solomon... Uh, uh, resign. What a man of God. <clears throat> He's one of the reasons why I'm standing before you tonight and why uh, my children helped me in the ministry. And uh, I thank God for him, a fellow uh, Liberty Baptist Theological Seminary graduate. Uh, and always remember uh, 
the school uh, has done a wonderful job. Uh, our former president did not do a, a wonderful job. So don't condemn the school because of his corruption. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm going to dig a little deeper into what my brother is talking about uh, with him. Uh, I believe it. But what he's doing is putting the onus on us. He, he's putting the onus on people who say they're saved, who don't, uh, even in a pandemic plague, won't pass out a gospel pamphlet, won't witness to anybody, won't tell anybody about Jesus. The old saints used to say, I can't keep it to myself. Now let me tell you something. If you're born again and saved, you're going to have some of that right there in you. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep Jesus to yourself. And I told my wife today, I prayed with her and encouraged her to give her heart to Jesus privately. I've done this down through the years. It's nothing but her pharaoh-styled uh, Jamaican pride. Where she just does not want to accept the fact that she is religious and never got saved down there in Jamaica. I told her that I, she's in she's in the same boat that I was in. I was raised up in six or seven churches. My dad was a preacher, mama a preacher, lost and on my way to hell. And guess what? Blind, didn't even know I was going to hell. They never nobody, including my parents, they nobody. Nobody told me that I was going to hell. Nobody told me how to truly get saved. Being saved was a lifestyle of being around religious folk and eating fried chicken on Sunday and potato salad that'll make your, your tongue slap your brain right out of your head and collard greens and hog jaws and some chitlins every now and then and food on the ground. And uh, the women would wear dresses. And I wish they would go back to that today. And I, let me just say this to the women of today. I know you think you're cute in your skinny jeans. And you fat people should not think you're cute at all. Because I'm telling you as a man, you're not. I don't care what the liars say to you. God wants you to dress in modest apparel for more than one reason. Yeah. Some of you got something that you can show, and that's going to cause men to sin. And uh, and no, it's not just on him, it's on you too, because you're doing it on purpose. Some of you don't have a whole lot to show, and you need to cover it up. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, I'm just telling the truth to you. Nobody's going to tell you this. No, the men are going to lie to you, and the women are going to lie to you too. That's what you people do to each other. Women lying to one another. But that's what they did back in the old days. Women wore dresses to church. Back in the back in those days, I'm talking about my lifetime. You know, a woman never wore pants and, and and halter tops to church and all of this. 
But anyway, it was a lifestyle. You couldn't smoke, you couldn't chew, you couldn't run with those who do, and all of that. And if you were a Baptist, you could not drink, could not have any alcoholic beverages. But I do recall my dad having some wine coolers stuck down in the bottom of the refrigerator. He was all right with it because he read the Bible. He knew what the Bible said about that. And so uh, we were lost. They were lost. And I told my wife that today that she's in the same boat I was in, and I had to renounce my baptism. I had to renounce my multiple church memberships going down the aisle. Um, I had to renounce all of my religiosity when someone presented to me the gospel. And God gave me the grace and the humility to go ahead on and do it. I was befuddled at first when a pastor told me, well, your baptism at 12 years old does not count. See, that stuff does not carry over if you didn't get saved, if you didn't get born again. And I explained to her that she needs to humble herself down and, uh, and believe in Christ for her own good. And I told her, you're not, you won't be doing it for me. I'm not asking you uh, to, I'm not encouraging you to get saved. Uh, I'm not encouraging you to get saved for me. It would be better for me. Because, see, the reason why I know you're not saved is because you have never obey God over the past 34 years. Uh, you have not lived as a Christian. I told, this, I told her this today to her face. Again, you cannot hate your children and not want to spend time with your children and not want to say I love you to your children and not want to hug your children and be saved. You can't be a woman who is saved and never obey the commandments to a woman, a wife, about submitting to her husband, obeying her husband, uh, subjecting herself to her husband. You're lost. By your behavior, I can see that. By your lack of fruit. You say, well, preacher, why are you telling us this? Telling us this because I'm preaching the gospel to you right now. I'm trying to get you saved. I already know about my wife not being saved. I'm sharing this with you so that you would understand and see yourself as lost. Because see, proud people, it's proud, uh, proud people, it's, 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 it's a hard thing for them to see themselves as lost, as sinners. And it's hard for people, you'll be amazed how hard it is for some people to admit that they're wicked, evil sinners. It, it goes against your flesh. It goes against the natural pride that you have in you. It goes against the grain in you. It goes against everything in you.
and for some people is is harder than others oftentimes rich people are proud because they have all the money in the world they don't have any power in the world but they have all the money in the world and they think that that is power and to a degree uh, it is a little bit uh, but uh, they have the, the power to buy things uh, but they don't have the power to get saved on their own and they oftentimes become proud and arrogant don't they because they have money the Bible talks about how they speak roughly to others because and they're bombastic because they have some money they mistreat other people because they have some money including their family members Uh, uh, nothing is more odious uh, than somebody who uh, has money and now they are arrogant and proud and even won't even show appreciation for the people who helped them to get the money. This is why Jesus, someone asked Jesus, can a rich man even be saved? And Jesus said, it's harder for the rich man than a camel going through the eye of a needle. Now, uh, looking at that naturally, people have tried to come up with all kinds of things. Uh, that's hard to do. How about you tonight? Don't worry about my wife. Uh, just pray for her, as I am doing and God is, has been notified. How about you? In the words of this pastor, if you have never heard the gospel, you will never see heaven, and he's right. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, who are you to call uh, the things of God not fair? Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus Christ said, the most important words, the most powerful words, and the most loving words ever said in the history of the world, along with all of his other words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Are you, think about it, are you religious but lost because your mama and them told you you got confirmed when you were four years old or three years old? Are you religious and lost or religious but lost because uh, the family church baptized you as the, at the age of 12 like they did me and it's the strangest thing I don't even tell this story that much because uh, it makes me believe more and more now that God calls some preachers from the womb I had a hard time believing that for years but I believe that more now because I'm telling you the truth I lie not 
For years throughout my childhood, this lost, wicked, evil, depraved young man, thinking only about women, girls, that's all I was about, girls, young women, growing up. Thank God I didn't come up in the age of online pornography, even though I did see some things I should not have seen back in the day. Hated my dad because he was a preacher. My dad would listen to Billy Graham and invite me to listen with him, and I paused for a minute and caught a glance, and I was disgusted with how boring that man was. That's a fact. I never heard a man so boring in my life. I could not understand why my dad loved to listen to him. Every time he came on with a crusade, thank God he came on because I believe my dad got truly saved because I saw my dad change. He became one of the most loving men. I believe he's the most loving man I've ever met. Too loving too much to a fault. Letting his wife get away with murder and letting his children get away with murder. We did things we should not have done because he loved us too much. He didn't know how to regulate that love. Nobody taught him. He never had a father. He had a father, but his father died when he was a child. And I hated that man with a passion for no reason. No reason. No reason. Other than he had Christ in him, I didn't know that. And he, 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 he would not chastise me, and he should have. I should have been beaten B times. It would have helped me, and it would have helped him. But I was in church every Sunday morning. You know why? Because of a black mother who didn't play. It was, it was, it was... Uh, it was already settled <laughs> that everybody up in here going to church. My dad didn't lead the way on that. My dad would have been more lenient and let us stay home and watch the Dallas Cowboys beat up on the Redskins. But, but my mother, she didn't care nothing. Listen to me. She didn't care nothing about that. It was, not, it was no use in trying to talk with her about that. Zippo. She assumed that you were going to go to church. But for some reason throughout my childhood, I can't say it was every day, but at least I prayed it once a week. I would get on my knees in my room by myself. My mother and father never saw me do it. My brother may have. He's dead and in heaven now, I hope. And I prayed, as wicked as I was, as lost as I was, Lord, show me the light. Now, that's the truth. And God knows it's the truth. Because evidently, he's the one who put it in my heart. And I don't put God in stuff that's not the truth. I just don't. Uh, I, I fear him too much. And my beloved, 
December the 19th, 1979, someone came and showed me the gospel like I'm showing you right now. And I believe the gospel. When they showed me Romans 10.9 and Romans 10.13, I said, I said, is that all I need to do to get saved? And they said, yes. The guy, the guy who's leading me to the Lord, Michael Lewis, said, yes, that's it. You see it right there in black and white. And I can see those words in my mind right now, today, after 40-something years. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that night I got saved. He led me in a sinner's prayer, like I'm getting ready to lead you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shall be saved. Believe with your heart, confess with your lips. Call on his name, pray and ask him to save you, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God. Jesus Christ did that for you as we're going to talk about later in another service tonight, if God gives me the grace and the strength. He came to serve us to the point of death. He died for your sins and mine. He died for your lying, my lying, your stealing, my stealing, our lusts for people and things, covetousness, Dishonoring our parents, as I did, disrespecting uh, our parents, disobeying our parents, Jesus died. These, I'm just naming a few of the Ten Commandments that we all have broken. Dishonoring God by taking God's name in vain, Jesus Christ died on the cross, suffered and bled and died on the cross for you and me, for our wickedness and evil that we have done because Jesus Christ never sinned in word, thought, or deed. His blood is pure blood. The blood of God, if you will. For there's another name for Jesus Christ, and that name is Emmanuel, God with us. In truth, my dear friends, Jesus Christ, who called himself the Son of God, this is one of the reasons why the Jews killed him, because the Jews understood that if he is calling himself the Son of God, then he is God. And God, the Son, died on the cross for you and me. Now, my dear friends, as I always say, that's love for you. Okay, and, and as the songwriter said in a song we just listened to, you need to resign from sin and believe in him. Do it now for your own good. As I told my wife earlier today, for your own good, you need to do this. I don't want to see you die and go to hell. <clears throat> And I don't want to see you die and go to hell. I'm not up here for my health. 
uh, I'm up here because I want to see you. I want you to hear the gospel and be saved from hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. He preached more on hell than he did about heaven. So my dear friend, believe in him who died on the cross for you, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. All of our nasty sins were taken away when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood. And all we have to do is the easiest thing in the world, that's right, is easy. Why would God make it hard for such wretched, wicked, ungodly people as we are? He made it easy. Like Sunday morning, in the words of Lionel Richie, he made it easy. It's not hard. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to uh, go up to the front, which was horrifying to me as a little kid, having to go up to the front in about six churches that we joined. You, didn't, you don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to speak in tongues and jump and shout and run around the church and fall out, which was horrifying to me as a little kid as well. You don't have to do these things. You don't have to give a whole lot of money to the church. You don't have to give any money to the church or to the preacher to get saved. I make this very clean and clear because, for you to understand, because so many pastors, they drive all of these things together. And people are confused about how to get saved. Because you have some pastors who are more concerned about you becoming a member uh, of their church than a member of Christ's body. Uh, they want you to be a paying member. And they drive it together. This, this all needs to be separated. The gospel first. Don't talk about anything else but the gospel and getting people saved from hell and then let Jesus take it from there with the help of the church. But none of these things will save you. Speaking in an unknown tongue, don't be afraid of that. You don't have to speak in an unknown tongue to get saved. Most of the people who speak in tongues, they didn't get they didn't speak in tongue when they first got saved. None of that. You focus on what Jesus Christ said to you and to me and to the whole world. He said the most important words in the history of the world. You say, preacher, why do you keep saying it over and over again? Because I want you to get it. It's called the power of repetition. I want you to get this. And I want you to do it for your own good. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, should not perish, should not go to hell, but have everlasting life, that is, in heaven with God and with Jesus Christ. The angels and the people of God, my dear friend. So if you want to be saved, you believe in him, as he said, go by his words, nobody else's. Call on his name in prayer for whosoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever means anybody at any time. You may be in Jamaica land. You may be in the Ukraine. You may be in Russia. You may be in Iran. You may be in China. Wherever you are, in Kenya, in the Philippines, wherever you are right now, believe in Jesus Christ in your heart and pray and ask him to save you. Follow me in prayer, in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God in heaven, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. <clears throat> For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults, because I know I deserve to go to hell, but I do not want to go there. So Lord Jesus Christ, I believe with all of my heart, soul and spirit and mind in you. I believe that you suffered, bled and died on the cross for my sins. was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my uh, spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to change and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer with me in sincerity, you have been translated from darkness to light. You're not on your way to hell anymore. You're on your way to heaven. Yes, it is as simple as that. Uh, the Word of God, the Bible, tells us not to be removed from the simplicity in Christ. Jesus Christ made it simple and easy for us to get saved by his grace, not by our works. And so, dear friend, may I say congratulations to you for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day 
by the power of Almighty God. Now, dear friend, to help you to grow in the faith, I have a free book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Go to gospellightsociety.com and uh, click on that book and you can download it in the words of Oliver B. Green of many years ago instantaneously and and I guarantee you Oliver B. Green never thought I would be able to use his word he used so much regarding this technology that we have today where a person can have a book in just a couple of minutes he never he never uh, he thought about that and uh, there's another book beside it to solidify what you just did and to help you to understand it better how to be saved from hell straight from the Bible and yes I'm talking to you folks down in Florida you may not have uh, electricity but you got that cell phone they they hooking you up down there pay attention you need to be saved you need to be born again that's the first uh, thing that need that you need to take care of God to take care of the rest if you pray to him and trust in him also email me at the email on your platform we have people standing by ready to answer your questions ready to put your name on our prayer list uh, and you can do that on my email as well my personal email dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and if you have a prayer request we will pray for you until you tell us to stop and most people don't tell us to stop that's why we keep on praying for them and so may God bless you and bless the remainder of your saved life until we meet on the other side. At this time, let's resume our service already in progress, the standing between the living and the dead service. Today, my beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 24, verses 31 through 34. Right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, especially those of you who just got saved, the eternal word of God. the Holy Bible and before we read it let's pray Holy Father God on this Saturday night hallowed be your name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven and Holy Father God thank you so much for the liberty and the strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your holy gospel to preach your holy word and holy father god i praise you and i thank you to
tonight, along with everybody who uh, names the name of Christ and who is saved and born again. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. And wash and cleanse our hearts and minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy for such wretched people as we are. I don't know how you do it. I have no clue. Your love is beyond my feeble mind. And Lord, I praise you and thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Lord God in heaven, I pray with those who are saved, and I pray that they would pray and not listen to me pray, even those in Florida. Help them to pause and pray and not worry about the tribulation and trouble that they're in. But to put it all into your hands, and I know that that is easier said than done. When this kind of trouble hits, uh, we can be praying and then we'll open our eyes to see uh, and check but Lord help your people down there to pray and help your people there and across America help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent for Lord we are the reason for all of the trouble in this country for many of us have forsaken you who claim to be Christians many of us have turned our backs on you and on your holy word and it cannot be denied and some have turned into Judas's against you Holy Father God and Lord Jesus in these modern times we have failed you we have failed the family, we have failed the church, we have failed the nation, and we have failed this world by not obeying your great commandments, your great commandment, rather, and your great commission. Two simple things you told us to do, two simple mandates, and we have chosen to refuse, refuse to do it. Oh, Lord, we talk a good game, but we don't mean what we say we don't mean business and you you've known it for a long time of course you knew it before we even knew it and you were so loving and so patient but thank you for laying the boom down on us uh, and rebuking us and chastising us as your people and punishing others for their good to come to know your Savior and for us to come back to you and so, Holy Father God, for those of us who are saved tonight, crucify our flesh and the old man within us and my family in this audience and uh, Christians around the globe. And fill us afresh and anew tonight with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. 
Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we will not sin against you. <clears throat> throughout this night and throughout this weekend, and Lord God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would deliver each and, every one, each and every one of us who names the name of Christ and who is saved and born again by your grace. And we have that blessed assurance. Deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Now, Lord, I, even though my great-grandmother taught me this prayer, my great-grandmother, Bree Love, she was the one who made sure I learned it. Not my grandmother, not my mother. Uh, my grandmother taught me to lay me down to sleep, and my mother did too, my soul to keep. But it was my great-grandmother who taught me the Lord's Prayer. And after all of the theological training that you have blessed me to get, all of the reading of books and studying, deep down, Lord, I, I still don't fully understand that part. Uh, as I know that by your grace, I will one day. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. But I do believe it. And Lord, I do pray, uh, Lord, tonight for the salvation of all of my lost but religious family members. And next to the rich are the religious, who are the hardest people to realize their lostness and the fact that they're on their way to hell because of the false religion they have in their hearts and lives and minds. But Lord, I pray that, as one preacher said down in Florida, that you would shake the gates of hell in their hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, and shake them loose from their pride and their religion, and that they would humble themselves on both sides of my family, uh, my wife's mother and aunts and her siblings and other family members, and my mother and my sisters and uh, uh, Lord that you gave me this well I, I had this thought the other day I don't know if you gave it to me or not because of the weight problem in our family Lord help my sister under me and my sister uh, youngest sister to understand that they may die before their mother and I may die before my mother as well but uh, help them to think for themselves and not to follow their mother in disobedience of ruling over men usurping the authority over men in the home and in the church uh, for my mother is more dangerous than some of the other biblical Jezebels in the church because with great ease my mother has always 
um, with great ease ruled over men without a problem. And that, I think that's more dangerous uh, because I don't even think she thinks about it as she should. But I'm sure she has read those passages that she should not be a pastor over men, a bishop over men, an apostle over men in the church when they have men who can lead. In fact, her son-in-law can lead all of them quite well, for he is more like my dad than I am, a very loving man. And, um, and I know he's not perfect, but he's a man, and, and uh, I believe that they ought to relinquish. He should be the bishop of that church. He should have been the bishop of that church since my dad died. Uh, for not only is he a loving man like my dad, and is my brother in in truth, uh, but um, he is an industrious man. He, he knows how to get things done. He has great leadership abilities. And my sister ought to submit to him and make sure their marriage is tight. My mother ought to relinquish all of her power over the church and repent of being a Jezebel in the church. And I love my mother and uh, I thank you for her as you know. But I love her so much I'm going to do something that my dad didn't know to do, didn't know how to do, and that is to tell her the truth. For none of these of my family members need to die and go to hell. Uh, with just religion, by what they thinking that what they do constitutes salvation when it doesn't, when you're disobedient. So open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and Lord, I pray that they will take heed to what you're telling them to do uh, from your word and by your grace. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, tonight for uh, the salvation of the lost worldwide, the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving and the mourning all around the globe. And Holy Father God, thank you for remembering mercy and grace while chastising us all in the church and rebuking us all and uh, um, dealing with people who are not saved so that they would get saved and so that we would repent and get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I do pray also that you would, for those of us who are saved in my family and beyond. Our Lord, in, in this audience, in this country and around the globe, Lord, lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears. From our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, we cast all care upon you. For, Lord, we know that you care for us. I pray, Lord, that you would bring down the blood pressure of myself and others. For as the doctors uh, told me that as you age, your blood pressure, based upon your family history, has a tendency to go up. 
And Lord, I pray that through prayer and your grace and uh, whatever other means you would bring that down in all of our lives. Uh, and Lord, I do pray also that you will deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ from tribulations and troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions, distresses and afflictions. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight publicly and in a way that I normally don't do. I pray that you'd work a divine miracle and have tens of thousands of dollars to come in, Lord, to further the gospel and to further the ministry. And Lord, I pray that for BCNN One Black Christian News, which is an extension of our ministry, uh, you would provide attorneys who can guide us and direct us in dealing with uh, constant frivolous uh, threats of lawsuits and people trying to get money uh, for nothing we did wrong. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would also uh, uh, protect, Lord, my family tonight and my family in this audience tonight and Christian people in this country and around the globe. Protect us all tonight from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell, and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of my wife, Marika White, out of any of my children who have that problem, out of my wife's family members, including her mother, her aunts, and out of my uh, family members, including my, my mother and my siblings. And uh, I do pray <coughs> that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, from our family. Uh, for I know the devil is hot and mad at this ministry and what we do. And he's mad at my children who help me in the ministry and who support me in the ministry because he wants this ministry shut down and stopped. And Lord, I want to thank you after almost seven years of preaching the gospel daily and editing uh, Black Christian News and all of the other publications and things that we do. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have allowed me to live to see certain key people turn around from going down the road of inclusivity, uh, inclusiveness of homosexuals in the church. I, I know that you did it in answer to prayer. And I know that you have used me in rebuking people publicly um, um, about turning away from you and joining up with other people against you. And, uh, and, and, the, and these people, most of them, 
are saved and they know better and they have turned around at the preaching at, at the public rebuke for you have charged me to rebuke openly uh, that others may fear uh, and your holy word talks about secret uh, uh, open rebuke is better than secret love so Lord thank you for your holy word but most importantly thank you for hearing and answering prayers thank you for giving myself and others courage to do that to an attempt to save uh, an attempt to save the church and to get lost souls saved I give you the glory, praise, and honor that key individuals, key pastors, <clears throat> key churches are forsaking the demonic homosexual abomination of homosexuality experiment and the abomination and demonic uh, so-called inclusiveness program <clears throat> that has been going on clandestinely in the church. Thank you for exposing it. And Lord, I pray that your true Christians would not be deceived and your true pastors would not be caught up in it just to be accepted in the community and that they would continue to turn this ship around for your glory, your praise, and your honor. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. If I could sing like Daniel White Jr., I would break out. I would break out on you and sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 31 through 34. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof, <clears throat> and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and they, rather, and thy want as an armed man. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for leading me, helping me, and granting me your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach the gospel uh, first, in the words of my dad and mom from the get-go tonight. And I praise you and I thank you for giving me the strength and your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray. And then, Lord, to also read your Holy Word. Have your Holy Word to find a lodging place in our hearts. And help us to meditate on it. And help us to live by it and to apply it to our lives. <clears throat> to obey it. To preach the whole counsel of God and to preach your Holy Gospel.
save those who are lost. And Lord, grant my staff, my children, your grace, strength, unction, and anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to continue the great work that they have been doing as they are doing it from their hearts for you. They don't have to do it. They're doing it because of you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and uh, uh, to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service, family members. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 1006 where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, which as rather such as the Bible knowledge commentary, the BKC, or the Matthew Henry commentary, or some other uh, authoritative uh, commentary or study Bible. My beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly, and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. So the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God, and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God to come by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most important words in the history of the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, my beloved, we're reading Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, And Jacob begot Judas and his brethren. And Judas begot Phares and Zarah of Thamah. And Phares begot Ezram, and Ezram begot Aram. And Aram begot Amenadab, and Amenadab begot Naasson. And Naasson begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Uh, 
and Solomon begot Roboam, and Roboam begot Abiah, and Abiah begot Asa, and Asa begot Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Ozias, and Ozias begot uh, Joatham, and Joatham begot Achaz, and Achaz begot Ezekias, and Ezekias begot Manassas, and Manassas begot Amon, and Amon begot Josias, and Josias begot Jeconias, and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begot Salathiel, and Salathiel begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abiud, and Abiud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor, and Azor begot Sadak, and Sadak begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliud, and Eliud begot Eleazar, and Eleazar begot Mathen, and Mathen begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now folks, that's amazing. So all of the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. 7 plus 7 equals 14. So dear friends, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 17 once again now here is the sense of it here is the understanding of it if you will with the help of the Holy Ghost and again with the BKC the Bible knowledge commentary Matthew obviously did not list every individual in the genealogy between Abraham and David between David and the exile, and between the exile and Jesus. Instead, he listed only 14 generations in each of these time periods. Jewish reckoning did not require every name in order to satisfy a genealogy. But why did Matthew select 14 names in each period? Perhaps the best solution is that the name David in Hebrew numerology added up to 14. It should be noted that in the period from the exile to the birth of Jesus, 13 new names appeared. Many scholars feel that Jeconiah, though repeated from verse 11, provides the 14th name in this final period. Matthew's genealogy answered the important question a Jew would rightfully ask about one who claimed to be king of the Jews. Is he a descendant of David through the rightful line of succession? Matthew answered yes. Matthew answered yes. Allow me to 
to read that last statement again. I want you to get that before we move on. Is he a descendant of King David through the rightful line of succession? Matthew points out the answer is yes. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for uh, your holy word and the study of your holy word. And we thank you for gifted teachers, uh, gifted explainers of your holy word who uh, some believe sit in ivory towers, but uh, they do a great job in those ivory towers to help us to understand your holy word better, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we fall now into the family segment, the family section, where we take our time and look at each segment, uh, each passage, in what I call the family verses. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, where God in his love, grace, and mercy, whether you like it or not, and most of you don't like it, because you have bought into the American lie that your family is yours. You do what you want. That's why your family is busted up. That's why you're divorced and remarried and got two or three of your families in the American way with a whole bunch of foolishness and pain and hurt to boot. And some of you women, you think hurt and pain is a part, is the price of romance, and it's not. And, 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 and this, this, the constant death of divorce and remarriage is worth it in your mind. It's not in God's mind, and in most cases, it's not in a husband's mind. But you would rather bust up your marriage and be hurt over and over again with your heart broken in a million pieces by your former husband, by your new husband, by your children who hate you for doing what you did to break up the first marriage and they're out in uh, Never Never Land going back and forth between three and four different men and women and got three and four five sets of brothers and sisters and who are not related and and you put on the happy fake face and try to make it seem all right it's not all right it's a constant death and you know it and you secretly wish you had stayed with the first one and that goes for most men who initiated that foolishness and I know you don't like to hear it. But I, I, know, I know you know why. Because it's, you, you, love, you like the American way. Okay? You love the American way. You don't love God. You don't love Jesus. You don't love the kingdom. You love the American way. Where you can do what you want to do. And, and uh, what I'm saying now is this right here. I'm not committed to democracy myself. I'm not, personally. Uh, I'm more committed to a theocracy. 
I, I want to live in a kingdom where God rules through the king. And, and that day is coming through Jesus Christ, the prince of peace. And now if he's the prince of peace, that means he's going to be the king of pre peace. There's going to be peace when he comes. Not all of this chaos. Women can't go to the ATM on the way to work in the morning without being robbed of the car and their money and their life in many cases. But, but see, you like the American way so much. Men and women, you rather go through this hell of skipping and hopping and trying on marriage like a pair of shoes and put your children through hell. Oh, you have one or two children who will like the fact they are not under the authority of their father anymore and they can rip and run free and, and be a whore and a whoremonger like you. And commit incest and all of this mess. See, it's just mess on top of mess. And then when a calamity, a calamity like we have in Florida tonight happens, and you got that kind of mess going on, it's, it's ten times worse. Oh, but you love the American way. And, and I, I'm telling people, freedom is not worth fighting for if you're talking about freedom to do evil. And that's what many people in this country are talking about. Nobody, listen to me, nobody should die for freedom to do whatever you want to do against God's word. Nobody. Freedom is not worth it without restrictions, without laws and commandments and people doing what they're supposed to do. Not messing up other people and causing other people to commit adultery because you uh, got tired of being with your uh, wife or your husband. Messing up other children's lives that, that, that don't belong to you. See? But if you know, keep on loving the American way, you don't love Christianity, you don't love the Bible, you don't love Jesus, you don't love the Word of God, you don't love God, you love the American way, which is your way, what you want, doing what you want to do when you want to do it. But I'm here to remind you that God has given you commandments for your, for what you call your family. It's not your family, it's God's family. God is the one who put it together. And that's why he said, let not man uh, uh, cause it to go asunder. I, he, didn't, he didn't care, Jesus didn't care about who it, were, who, who it is breaking up the marriage. Let not man, that includes man and woman. Don't let it, don't, don't cause it to go asunder. That means to break up. First, act like a Christian. If you are a Christian, you're born again, act like one. If, and if you uh, don't feel like doing it, you do it anyway. Do you go to work every day? Do you feel like going to work every day? No. No, you don't. You're a liar. Your feet ain't made and your heart pumps peanut butter. You don't feel like going to work every day. But you get up and go, don't you? And you fight the traffic and you try to find the best route to your job. 
to go deal with people you don't like to deal with. Why? Because you need that paycheck. So you, you ought to do the same thing in your marriage and in your family. Today, God, through his word, is speaking to the children of the family. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. <clears throat> Let me just tell you this. As I have mentioned to you, I'm just use my own children. Uh, my wife is Jamaican. Jamaicans are known to have a serious pride problem. I even put together an article today that's running in BCNN1 about our vice president. I love our vice president. I think she's a beautiful woman, and I think she's a smart woman. But she is saying some stupid things, and I know people have told her not to say them. But I believe because of her pride, she continues to do so. Now, the Democrats, the liberal Democrats who used to love her, they're calling for her head. They would rather have the senile Biden to run in 24 than uh, the gaff-prone, prideful Vice President Harris. And I know, I know all of the black rules. You know, you're not supposed to say anything about a black politician. It's okay to cuss the white politician, but you can't, as a black person, you ought not ever say anything negative about a black person in office. Why not? She's messing up. And I, I, that, that demonic spirit of pride is in my wife that I have prayed for years would not pass down to my children. Uh... And if it does, I believe, sad to say, that one or two of my children could die before me because of that, that demonic spirit of pride. And that's, that's the greatest thing I fear. I've told you this before. And I have also told my children the wicked sins on my side of the family. They come down on my side of the family. Mm-hmm. Fornication. Having children outside of wedlock. And I'm saying it loud and clear. Okay. That's a curse that comes down on my side of the family. Whoremongering around and whoring around. That's right. I, I, I don't want to get into any details. I do know that my dad had a child out of wedlock. Nobody told me about my so-called brother until I was 18 years old and they put my grandmother up to it. That's how they do in the South, see, in the black South. You can have a brother or sister somewhere by your father, uh, whatever, and you don't even know the child and you, don't, you have never heard of the child and then they'll tell you when you're 18 years old and you get ready to leave that you, you know you have a brother. I just, just nonchalantly on the front porch, <clears throat> you know you have a brother named Gary 
down in South Carolina, and he's a Catholic priest. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> you got to tell me that way before 18. See, and see, this is why I didn't, I didn't do this to my children. My seven children I had with my first and only wife. I told my wife before we got married, I had some children out of wedlock. I said, if you can deal with that, let's go with it. If not, uh, let's not get married. Because that's just the truth. That's the reality. My mother called me one time after we got married and uh, was trying to tell me something, asking me secretly, is, uh, uh, is your wife in the room? Yeah. And I said, yes, she is. And then when I saw what she was trying to do, I put on, uh, on, 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 uh, what do you call it, on a loudspeaker. Anything you can tell me or ask me about my children out of wedlock, uh, you can tell her because she already knows about it. Oh, she was shocked by that. I didn't know she knew. Yes, she knows because I'm not going to live my life like that. And and uh, people in my family committed adultery. I caught one of them. And I told my dad about it. When he came, he asked me. He knew something was going on. Fornication, adultery. That's on my side of the family. Uh, and I, uh, and I, I believe some of that is on her side of the family too, but their main thing is pride and stubbornness and rebelliousness and being argumentative and trying to keep up some mess. On my side of the family, we on both sides, my dad's side and my uh, mother's side, the brothers were always known on both sides as player, player, player players, uh, all of them, every last one of them. And I, I know I have one, I think is still living, today and they don't like it but that's the truth it was constant family drama coming up with children out of wedlock and this child is jealous of this child and all kind of mess okay and unfortunately I carried it on my sister under me carried it on my brother carried it on and my sister baby sister carried it on And these things, in the words of James, are not so to be. No pastor, no bishop, and prophet, prophetess, wife, should have children having sex, period, with anybody. And not married. You can, you know, they can hang their heads down in shame if they want to, but this is the truth and reality. See, this is the reality. And this is the game that people, in the black people in the South like to play. Don't want any know, anybody to know about your abortion where you murdered a child. And I'm guilty of that too. And I don't want that passed on to my children. Those curses passed on to my children either. I don't want one of my sons or one of my daughters to have an, abor have an abortion or pay for it, an abortion like I did. And by the way, you think, children, that you can hide things from your parents. You can't. God will tell them. I thought that abortion was a secret between me and the girl. I was dumb and lost and not saved at the time. I, didn't, I thought abortion was just a procedure. Until I saw that little body. 
and I regret that to this day. My mother, I had a little gray safe, combination safe. Evidently, God told my mother that I had done something bad, that I had actually murdered a child, my own child. Because I was in high school and we didn't want anybody to know because she was a church going girl. Uh, I didn't care too much about my being uh, the son of my dad at the time as a preacher. That didn't bother me. I, that wouldn't have bothered me. Because I later on went and got another girl pregnant. But she was a church going girl and, you know, shouting and dancing and everything else. She got pregnant. I paid for the abortion. Somehow God will tell parents when you do stuff like that. I can't explain it. But my mother, who never touched my safe before, as far as I know, I would keep my little Dallas Cowboys men in that safe. Because we had a football league uh, with the little vibrating men on the vibrating field. Some of you people remember that. And I was, I had the Dallas Cowboys in that league. And to me, we had more fun with that little vibrating feel uh, than, uh, than you people have with John Madden. But anyway, I had, for some reason, I kept the receipt. The, guy, the doctor gave me a receipt. I don't know why. And uh, I, I would keep little dollar bills and change in them. I came home one day, my mother had been in my safe. And if she, uh, and, and, and she asked me like only a mother can, what have you done, boy? She, she pulled out that receipt and showed me, what have you done? And so I don't want that curse to fall down on my children either, to be fair. The curse of whoremongering around and whoring. You say, preacher, why are you telling these things on yourself like that? Listen to me. I don't care what you think about me. Uh, what I am, I'm a, I am by the grace of God now, saved and by the grace of God. And sin still hurts. Okay. All of the things I saw and heard about and did myself is not good. And I don't want my children to go through that. And I've warned them every day of their lives. I've prayed for them every day of their lives. That they will not have those curses upon them in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But I fear, and this is the truth, it's not because it's just her family's sin of pride and stubbornness. But I fear her sin of pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness and that comes down through her family. It's not only her, it's her aunts as well and her mother. Brother Sammy Madison, my associate pastor when I was uh, serving as uh, a pastor of the Calvary Hill Baptist Church. Older than me, nicer than me, more loving than me, I'm more of a people person. As nice as he could be. He would not tell you things I would tell you. 
to your face. And I, I let him handle my wife's aunt, Cynthia Reed. Because I didn't, I, 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 I didn't want to have to deal with her. Because uh, if I, if I, I would have I told her where to, got off, where to get off at in a hurry. He was more patient with her, but he would always tell me she is Lady Macbeth. And, uh, and, it, and she has the same spirit. My, my wife at that time, I didn't really know her uh, at the time that well and um, at all, really. She stayed with her. And they have that same spirit of Judas. They look like they are for you and want to help you, but it's a demonic spirit of Judas rooted in pride and stubbornness and rebelliousness. I fear that <coughs> in my children more, and I should feel both of them uh, equally, really, <coughs> but I fear that a little bit more than them messing up, sexually speaking, but I fear both. And I pray that my children will not um, fall into either one of those sins in their lives. <coughs> And so, uh, two children. This is the reason why God tells you to honor your parents and obey your parents. Listen to what they tell you. Because either, like I learned, I learned, I thank God for my parents because I learned from them negatively what not to do. And so I am praying for my children to at least learn negative, negatively what not to do and positive, positively what I'm telling you not to do and what I'm telling you to do. <clears throat> I do believe, just like people who have people in their family down through the years who have high blood pressure and diabetes and it runs in the family, I do believe in generational curses. By the grace of God, I'm trying to be that generation to, to stop it. However, if they choose, after being warned, and if they choose to fall into the spirit of their grandmother and their mother, or fall into the spirit of my uh, father and mother, uh of whoredom and whoring around both will take them out because they know better but the pride thing will take them out quicker because there are people in this world who will kill you if you pop off at the mouth or you uh, get angry in a uh, like a road rage situation and you all you lose your little angry mind and pride and stuff and, and Walk up on somebody because and momentarily lose your mind, go insane, and say some of the things you want to say to people you don't know. That will cause. Listen, I I would not be shocked if they adopt that spirit, contrary to what I have taught them. And I've even told my wife for years, even though I do not believe you're saved, and that's one of the the reasons why you act the way you act, as a human being, you have to control yourself. 
Now, I'm praying for God to restrain you, but you've got to control yourself and, and do what is right and even good for you. And watch this, husbands and fathers. I do as God does me and you. God does not reward evil. You need to stop doing so. You're not helping your wife and you're not helping your children. Do, do not reward evil because your pastor tells you that no matter what she does, you get her that expensive ring. You take her out on that expensive date. You buy her that expensive coat. You give her your credit card. Let her just uh, run it up. You go out there and work like a slave and pay for it. See, see if you do that, then uh, you'll get some nookie about uh, once a month. No, that all Bo Peeps know that that's, you don't need to do that. All women know you don't need to do that. I said all women know it. They don't even want a man who's going to do that. They don't. They do not. Oh, they'll tell you that and they'll fool you and bamboozle you because you're, so, you're such an easy, push, uh, easy pushover. See, they, they'll, they'll do that to you because they know you don't know any better. But Jennifer Lopez, I think her name, J-Lo, is her name. And yes, I still love her, even though she's done wrong. She's doing wrong right now. She told you that a long time ago when she was a young lady, a young woman. Money can't buy my love, man. See, you don't know the game, and money is not in it. Buying her everything she wants, giving her your credit card, buying her a house, buying her a car and all that. Uh, 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 listen, and you still, you just on a, you, uh, she's rationing you on like a once a month deal, which is normally not worth anything, and you got to take out on a thousand dollar date before you even get that. Now, if your wife is sitting beside you, or she's sitting, she's, you know, getting huffy and puffy, but if she was sitting with her girlfriends, uh, she would say, that's right, honey, I don't need all that, I need, you just get a bucket of chicken and let's go. Huh? And uh, that's what me and Bo Peep do. You don't need all of that. And so, uh, um, back to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Uh, children need to obey their parents. Children need to honor their parents and take heed to their parents and not mess their lives up by going contrary. Now, I, I told the Lord when my children started coming and all of them came and all of them were healthy and I thank God for that. But I told the Lord and I knew back then. I thanked him for the children. I had a great time with my children. I had fun, fun, fun with my children. And that's very important. But I told the Lord back then, I will turn them all over to you once they come of age and they go out on their own. And that's what I have done. I have done that because I left it all on the field by the grace of God. 
It's hard for parents to do that. It's even shocking to the children that you you turn them over to the Lord like that. And my trust is in the Lord and what I taught them. And uh, from the Bible, we read the Bible every day of their life. We prayed together. And that was the main thing that God wanted me to teach them and to do with them. Some of the other stuff that they might think is more important, like teaching them how to drive and all of that. Uh, first of all, I don't even believe that a teenager ought to have a driver's license, period. So I, didn't, I was not interested in that. That's, that's, that's some bogus stuff to me. Giving a child, a, 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 you won't give the child a gun, but you give the child a vehicle, a missile. It goes at 65, and they're going to, they don't care, young people don't even care about the speed limit. Because they don't have enough sense to care about the speed limit until they are racked up on the side of the highway, paralyzed, see. And that's why, that didn't mean anything to me. Now once they get grown and they act like they got more sense and then they feel like they can handle that, then, then they can go ahead and do that. But I, I taught my children the, the most important things about life, the foundational things about God and Jesus and the Bible and then all this other stuff. Then you build on that foundation. And I turned my children over to the Lord and, uh, uh, and I have peace in my heart and my trust is in them. And you know what I do now? I pray and I read the Bible and I pray for them. And I send them the word of God still to this day, every day. And that's what you need to do. Uh, fathers, husbands, you, you base your life on how God deals with you. Does God let you have your way and reward you for your evil? I think not. In fact, I know not. He doesn't operate like that. But you operating under this false doctrine that you learned from some evangelical pastor uh, telling you no matter what your children do, no matter what your wife does, you still reward them. You still go out on a date. You still give them the credit card and the money, buy whatever they want. No. Mm -mm. I have, I've never done that for my wife, and I've never done that for my children. I don't reward evil because God does not reward evil. You well, what about grace, brother? See, that's where you're messing up right there. Grace, let me let me help you. Two things. Grace, once you get saved, grace is about and provided for you to not sin against God, not to continue in sin. Talking about his grace. Now, when you get saved, grace is involved and your sins are forgiven. Once you get saved, God and Jesus expects you not to sin anymore. Now, they know you will sin because God is God. Jesus is Jesus. But that ought not to be the habit of your life. And they, they, they do everything in you to not be, for that not to be uh, uh, the habit of your life. First of all, you sin against God as a saved person. Once you pass the honeymoon stage, you're going to feel the pain and the chastisement of broken fellowship.
That, that's, that's the first form of chastisement. You better take heed to that because it's going to get worse after that. God does not reward evil. He never has and he never will. So banish that thought from your heart and your mind, my dear friend. And you as the head of your household over your wife and children, you do not reward evil. You rebuke it. You chastise it. You say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything for, for you on that. And I believe that's one of the reasons why my wife is still here after 34 years because I didn't let her have a way. And there are many wives who husbands have bought into this foolishness that they've heard from some evangelical uh, writer or book or sermon series. And then the teaching and preaching on uh, how and, and writing the books out here. Go to CBD right now and, and find, find a book, a couple of books, how to argue fairly in your marriage. Christian books now. How to fight fair. First of all, there should not be any fighting in your marriage. And there should not be any arguing in your marriage. That's all sweet American bull. Because if the person, if you're in charge as the husband, there ought not be any arguments or any fighting. Period. And I don't want my daughters thinking that they can go into a marriage fighting their husband, resisting their husband, controlling the, the, the bedroom with their husbands. Uh, when they, only when they want to, listen to me, a woman is not wired like a man. A man has to take control over that. As the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. That's, the, that's American. That's the American way foolishness that you were talking about. Because a woman can go months without doing that. A man cannot. That's why he goes to Sylvia's house after work. Because you won't do right. And Sylvia knows what time it is when he go, comes to the door. She's already ready. Okay. So the wife cannot be in control over that, period. The man should be in charge of that. And, and, and if the man is in charge of it, if he's a young man, that's going to be four or five, six times a week. A uh, middle-aged man, three or four times a week. Uh, and an older man, two or three times a week. So, And she'll be happy too. In the words of uh, the, the big hurt baseball player. In that little commercial he does. But I wouldn't waste your money on those pills. But anyway. She'll, she'll be happier as well. So. Let's move on. To the last segment of this devotional tonight. Let's pray for others. Holy Father God. We do pray for all of the families. That name the name of Christ. That. Uh, Husbands will love their wives. Wives will submit to their husbands and love their children. Children would obey their parents, honor their parents, as your holy word has stated clearly. We also pray for all people who name the name of Christ. For Jesus Christ's sake, have mercy and grace upon us all and forgive us 
of our sins of disobeying the great commission and the great commandment and uh, Holy Father God I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ check it and uh, and go ahead and get what you need and Holy Father God I thank you for reminding me of that and uh, Holy Father God help us all who name the name of Christ to humble ourselves to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Click it. That's good. Holy Father God, now uh, we pray, yes, for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues and the dear people in Florida, in the Ukraine and Russia, around the world. We pray, Lord, not only for them, that you would comfort them, draw them to yourself, uh, for salvation. We pray now also Lord, for the people, individually, people we've been praying for, for um, 800 and something plus services. We pray for the family and the friends of South Carolina resident Janice, Janice Brock. Comfort the entire family. We pray for the family and friends of Florida resident DeAnthony Dorsey. We pray for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Natalie Smith. We pray now, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests. But not only these, we pray for all of the other people as well. Uh, thousands who have sent in prayer requests. Thank you for hearing and answering thousands of prayers based upon your holy word. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Lord, uh, we pray for salvation, spiritual, family, life, uh, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon all of these people and these people as well. On the prayer list tonight, we pray for Pastor Bushibi, and we join him in thanking you for the great service at Congoli Church, and for the souls uh, that got saved and people healed and delivered in the services. Please bless and provide for the widows. Please bless the youth seminar, uh, revival and open air market evangelism. Please provide them with the ten iron sheets supply for the Nazanda church roof. Save the witch doctors who are trying to hinder their ministry and efforts. 
Lord just like they did in the early church uh, years. We pray, Lord, for Henry. Please bless him with the money he needs to buy church land. We pray for Rhonda. Please deliver her from depression. We pray, Lord, for the people who have accepted Christ into their lives. We pray for Risper, Jared, Milka, Elan, and Lillian. We pray, Lord, that you will help them to grow in the faith and be the Christians you want them to be. We pray, Lord, for the people who are recommitted, who have recommitted their lives to you through the preaching of the whole counsel of God through this ministry. We pray for Jeffrey, Valerie, Stephen, Pearl, Hansel, and uh, all of the people in these groups. Help them to grow in the faith, stand strong in the faith, help them never to get into a backslidden uh, situation in their lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, by the grace of God, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live, we'll see you first thing in the morning, and I may preach. Uh, I have three different messages to preach uh, that I'm supposed to preach that my son, Daniel Ezekiel, uh, is helping me with. I am behind, but um, Lord willing, we'll be here tomorrow morning uh, around 11 o'clock Central Time, 12 o'clock Eastern, thereabouts. So uh, go to your church if you are a member of another church, if they are preaching. You got some pastors who are not preaching anymore because things are not going the way they want them to go. You got uh, some pastors who have quit. So I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what's going on at your home church. And when I say go, I'm talking about going online. I would not risk uh, going into any kind of conference building or church building <coughs> or anything like that. Maybe an outside situation in a tent. I know of a church nearby that they have outside services and they roll, roll up the sides of the tent and have fresh air in there but coronavirus will get you if you're enclosed in a building somewhere uh, for any length of time so be careful about that you do as you want to do you do as you please but uh, I still wear a mask wherever I go and uh, I have, uh, as you can tell, I have not had my hair cut or touched by a barber in going on three years. Oh, uh, probably over three years now. Because people are still dying of this dreaded disease. Uh, anywhere from four, in America, 400 to 1,000 a week. Uh, you know the government, and I know people don't like me to say this, they're not going to tell you the truth about the numbers. They can't even get together on telling the truth about the numbers of people dead from this uh, hurricane. You know why? They don't want to give out that kind of news. And people, officials, local officials have been told, don't 
give don't be giving out numbers of how many people did have died okay they do that on purpose and then they they slow cook you and then they'll tell you maybe two years from now three years it was actually three thousand people instead of uh, 65 or whatever or 70 so listen this is all rigged like that people the government and the media they work together on that and so I guarantee you it's more like over a thousand people who are dying every week in America thousands more dying around the world trying to do this gung-ho thing like uh, this foolishness act like these things don't exist and risking your life and I say this especially to black people and especially the people who have diabetes, heart issues, high blood pressure. This thing, would, if it grabs a hold of you, I'm sure you've heard the commercials. they still running the commercials because they know it's serious. It moves, there's a black lady on the commercial saying, it moves fast. Uh, coronavirus moves fast, so you must act fast. She's not, they're not playing. So be careful about that. But you do need to go to your church. But preferably online. And all of you pastors need to be having church every day. You say, aren't you worried about your audience being dignity? to it? Not at all. Not at all. Because God has the people he wants me to preach to. And God has the people he wants you to preach to. If you are preached to. If you are gospel preaching. If you saved yourself. All of you God-called pastors ought to be preaching the gospel and the word every day. Your people ought to know where to meet with you at online. So until next time, uh, tomorrow if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, I'll be preaching here twice tomorrow, once in the morning and then once in the evening. I was going to preach two times tonight, but uh, uh, the Lord is giving me uh, the leeway to go ahead on and just get some rest and relax and take it easy and get ready for tomorrow. And uh, after preaching the gospel and preaching the word for nearly seven years, uh, God does not, he's not really pushing me to, to do the two and three days two and uh, to do the two and three times of preaching a day and all that as I have done uh, and I'm getting on up there in age and I need to get some rest so pray for me and pray for my health and strength in the Lord <coughs> and uh, also if God has blessed you and only if God has blessed you with the ability to get money and riches and you don't uh, worry about your bills and inflation does not bother you and you're sitting on thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars. Share, consider, prayerfully consider sharing some with us. Uh, we run a low budget ministry. Uh, I live in very humble dwellings, uh, which is paid for in full 
my car's paid for in full. And uh, we do we are having some car problems, but that's all right. And so uh, uh, if you sent some money our way, we're not going to buy a Mercedes. We're not going to buy a big fine house on Pork Chop Hill. We don't need that. <coughs> Uh, we just need operating funds <coughs> to operate the ministry and all of its extensions. And um, so if God has blessed you, if you're struggling and you're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, like one news article said this week, most people are. We don't want you to give a dime. But there are people who God is blessed with thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in the bank, millions of dollars, I humbly ask you, uh, go to our Facebook page. There are several ways you can uh, help us. Um, one is Cash App. And G, uh, Gospelite Society Cash App is the quickest, easiest way that you can send money. Uh, Gospelite Society, um, the email is gls at Gospelite Society uh, for PayPal. You can send money there. If you want to send a large amount, like a million dollars, or two million dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand, we can send you our bank information and you can transfer the money there. So we need your financial help. I'm able to say that now. <clears throat> I did not say it during the years of the prosperity gospel era because I didn't want to be mixed up with those people. I don't want to be seen. I didn't want to be seen as a part of that group. And so I didn't say anything about money. But I'm humbly and uh, lovingly, respectfully asking you if just one of you who God has blessed would send $100,000. It would help us tremendously to make it through the next year. And uh, I promise you, I will not buy a Bentley. I will not uh, buy a big fine house on Pork Chop Hill. Uh, it is not necessary. We will put it in the ministry. And um, uh, use it to preach the gospel around the world more effectively. So, if you're on Facebook, you can see uh, where you can give the money and help in the ministry. So, until next time, my dear friends, pray without ceasing. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.